Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. I've been talking with Marty Miller on the phone for I don't know, a couple months now, perhaps. Really begin enjoying our conversation. I could tell he's a man that, you know, wants to stick to a plan. Well, his plan perhaps used to be a little bit different. We're going to talk to him about that today. He loves men's ministry. He loves to point men toward Christ and working for Christ in a godly manner. So, Marty, thank you for being with us today. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. You betcha. In now, my own garage. I was going to say, you know, it's like Tim the tool time here. You yeah. know, we're in your garage. I feel a little out of place, like I've been invited into the man cave. <laughs> <laughs> You're Tell welcome, me, though. Why did we end up in your garage? I mean, we'll, maybe we can get to that in a roundabout sure. way. But, um, uh, yeah, let's hold that up. Let's keep people in suspense for yeah. a little bit. Sure. Tell me about your personal life. I understand you have kind of an interesting testimony. Yeah, I think everybody's got a story, and, and I think that really, as I've gotten older, it's become clearer. Um, when you're young, you're trying to figure things out, trying to find your way, trying to discover who you are, and um, there's a lot of uh, wasted effort. There's a lot of, um, you know, misguided efforts, and um, anyway, my story really starts out in Nebraska, of all things. Uh, I was born out in the cornfields in Nebraska and moved to Florida when I was a little guy. And right away, my, um, my mom, she was very intuitive. She was a teacher, and my dad was a teacher as well. And we moved to the Orlando area. This is pre-Disney. And so what ended up happening when we moved there, it was pretty much orange groves, swamps, sand roads. Gators. <laughs> exactly. I was just thinking that. Yeah. And, and so I would go out in the backyard and out into the back woods and, and I'd come back with turtles, lizards, snakes. And my mom was very tolerant of that and actually encouraged it. And so right away they realized that I had this, uh, what Howard Gardner calls the nature intelligence. And it, it just had this love of nature. And so that really was uh, kind of my heart with God in a very early way, connecting with the creator of all that there is on this earth. And I just found my connection and my identity in, in the outdoors and in nature. And that really has defined much of my life. You really did find that uh, God's second book is nature. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I've actually been a... You know, college professor and high school science teacher for many years and um, put a lot of lectures together in one of my presentations I say you know God created nature and that's his book of pictures and and there's so many lessons there that it's, it's just really profound and I, that's been one of my joys as well is just seeing what God has to say looking at scripture but it's playing out in a real physical way in nature. We may take him on a trail here, but I've got to ask as a, a teacher who's seen all these things, loves all these things, so many people don't believe at all that there's a creator yeah. and that this all just happened. What would you say to those people? Well, I, I would just invite them to uh, take a second look 
especially looking deeply. Um, I think the deep questions of life are really important to wrestle with. I think today's world, people are so distracted that they don't even contemplate some of the deeper questions of the meaning of life. You know, why am I here? Where am I going? And um, that's part of the problem. But also, I think that the um, popular educational systems of the day, all of the uh, science publications, I mean, evolution is the only thing there is. And so it's, it's really been a an indoctrination that has given no other options. And I, I, a lot of times when I talk to somebody, I just say, have you really considered the cell? Let's just <laughs> look at the cell and how can you get one cell? The more time has gone on, the more we know about the cell and the inner workings. <clears throat> and most of them have had such a glossed over presentation, they don't even question it. So anyway, there's no way to convince somebody of something that they want to believe. And so in the end, I find that arguments are very non-productive. It's mainly sharing your story and sharing uh, something you've learned from nature. And they, they will come to the end of themselves someday. So let's continue with your story that I appreciate you going out there because I think it's so important for people. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, as a child, I, um, again, a lot of your identity, as I've, I've mentored a lot of uh, young men over the years, um, I have discovered that most people don't really know themselves and they have to go back to their childhood to really extract who they really are because it's been covered up. So when I go back to my childhood, I, I happened to go to a, um, a school that was very special in Orlando. It was called the Open Air School. And it was actually started by a woman that came out of Germany before uh, Hitler and everything. And she came over and started a uh, kindergarten program, which was new in America. And she was all about the outdoors, you know, and, and uh, just embracing nature. So her daughter actually was my teacher. Her name was Mrs. Achenbach. And Mrs. Achenbach would take us out every day. And during that time, she would have us stop, close our eyes, listen, look, not talk, to learn to be still. And she called me eagle eyes because I would see things that most kids didn't. And so I, that, that became my affirmation. And, and that's kind of what I've discovered is one of my love languages was affirmation. You know, it's like when I'm told that I'm doing something well, um, I want that, you know? And so she would tell me, you know, you're, you're eagle eyes. You can see things nobody else can. And so early on, that became a joy to me in a way that really propelled me through the rest of my life. Kind of amazing, isn't it? Don't you wish you could be there sometimes, you know, in some of that? As a bird watcher, though, you I'm are a little I'm far bit. too myopic for anyone to call me eagle eyes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, one of my favorite authors kind of looking at that time of creation of Adam and Eve makes a statement that's kind of interesting to me. So Adam and Eve withdrew from plant and animal the secrets of their existence. And in a way, you were kind of doing that. Yeah probably a little bit and in a very simple way. I, I just uh, love nature. And so basically during those early years, that was really an imprint on me. And uh, then we happened to move back to uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. And my dad took a year out of his teaching. He was a physical education teacher and he worked on a master's degree at the University of Nebraska. And during that time, 
was when I had my first exposure to something that a young boy should not, and that was pornography. And so my cousin, who happened to be pretty much my age, he was out in the back, my grandfather's back 40. He, he was a guy, my, my grandfather was, that would take down these old army barracks, military base that was going down. He contracted to salvage all the materials and he had this wood all stacked up in the back. And um, anyway, my cousin found this stack of pornography. And I was 10 years old, very, very young, and of course, he, hey, you got to see this. And so I, I go back there and of course, I'd never seen anything like that. And I was in shock, of course. And, and yet we being boys, it was like you, you, you feel something and you go, I know this is bad, but this is interesting. You know, this really attracts me. And, and here's the interesting thing. I think that God created for us to enjoy beauty. And, and yet, Satan takes everything that is good and perverts it, whether it's food, whether it's sex, some of these core things of life, and his plan is to pervert them and hijack them. So the earlier he can plant seeds, the better off it is. And so long story short, that was my first exposure to it. Of course, that was back in the day that there wasn't much access, but the seeds were planted. And uh, as any man knows, because I, I counsel with many, many men, uh, this is, and you read in the Bible, I mean, this is the stumbling block of all stumbling blocks for men. And so that was the seed that was planted early on, pre-puberty. There's a, and I won't mention it, but an international men's group that uh, Barna, I think, did a study on not too long ago. And these are all, the high quality top men, you know, that are professing God sure. out there. And at that time, this is an older study. I'm sure it's more now. Yeah. 40% of those men were hooked on pornography. Yeah. It is probably the worst thing that's happened in the world yeah. at this point in time. And, and so, it used to be that you had to go looking for it. Right. And now it comes right, to, right. right into your home. It's there in your hand on exactly. your phone. So, so many people who would never have gone out seeking that kind of thing. It comes to them and gets them, uh, and it, it's just much easier to snag people. Right, right. It's the, the perfect thing for addiction because you're in isolation, it's anonymous, and it costs nothing. All of these doors just open wide to our young men and women. It's uh, both in today's world. Well, I, I wanna get into what happened to you, how you got away from that, but you told me you have an office that's air conditioned. Do you mind if we head down there and we'll, we'll talk down there about it? Sure. All right, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as he did mine. 
Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. Marty, I'm so glad you had the idea actually of the man cave down here. It's really great, it's cooler. And I, I have to admit that I was actually wrong about something. I know, Would you you've never heard that, that before. <laughs> right, right. Because up in the garage with all those tools, I thought I was in the man cave. This is the man cave. It's true, axes and knives, and well, I don't see the knives. He's probably got those out of the desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, Marty, kind of, you know, we, we don't want to leave people hanging. You, you had a problem and yeah. you're going to tell us how on earth you got out of that. Well, you know, like, like I was saying, this is something that uh, seeds are planted early, they germinate, they sometimes go dormant, but the roots are still there. And, uh, you know, when you start having to face yourself, you come, for me, uh, work was an addiction, kind of the workaholic. Um, I kind of came to my the end of myself in that career path of education after about 30 years. And at the same time, I was struggling through this issue in my life. And what I was also dealing with was having young men coming to me saying, I need help. And so it was like, let's do this, you know? I, I need to address this in my life. And I hear these young men needing to address it in their life. And so you, in a naive way, think, you know, let's, let's just deal with this. But it's a long journey that God uses to heal. I, I've heard it said this way, God heals rarely through a lightning bolt. It's mostly more like a river. It's over time and it's more gentle. He wants a relationship with us. And so I have learned to actually appreciate that because it makes me depend on him. And so that's the beauty of it, is ultimately, he wants our heart. You were a Christian. Oh, yeah. 30 years you had this problem. You're teaching, you're instructing others in the ways of God. Yeah. How does that work? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's a very common situation, actually. Um, in the American landscape, uh, about half the pastors are struggling in some way with, with sexual sin. One half. Yeah, and, and of course, surveys are all over the place, but that's what I've seen pretty consistently and much higher than that for the guys in the pew. And uh, there's a lot of pressure for uh, those of us that are in Christian uh, leadership, pastors and teachers to do things that are right so we can't be real. We can't actually talk about it, but that is a trap. You're supposed to be an example. Exactly. So you can't admit, oh, right. by the way, I've got the same problems you do. Exactly. I struggle with the same thing. I'll pray for you. Yes. But it and takes... I also think, though, as I yeah. was saying upstairs, that it used to be you, you had to more actively go and seek right. sexual sin. Right. And now it's just the whole culture. Exactly. You're just steeped in it. You can't turn on your computer, your phone, your television. Right. Uh, when you said 50% uh, of pastors are dealing with this, my first thought was, yeah, and the other 50% don't have computers. Well, you know, we, we, won't, we won't meddle too much, but you know, it's, it's uh, surveys are only good as the responses, you know, and it could be higher, but we know it's a problem and that's what really matters. Now, I want to I just do a, a real uh, interesting jump uh, into the axes behind me here, okay? They're not there for just, they're not just there for no reason, okay? Uh, one of my favorite texts is from uh, 
Proverbs 27, 17. And everybody's probably heard of this text and it's, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen the countenance of his friends. Uh, that's one translation, the old King James. But basically the idea of we need a brotherhood. We need others in our lives to bring us to a better, sharper place. Now, with me, it was these young men coming to me saying, I need help and I'm going. So it can work both directions. A young man can come to an older man and say that they need help, but in an, a roundabout way, it's a way for an older man to say, you know what, I need to step it up here too. And um, as I've thought about my name, my birth name, Marty Miller, and I've dissected what the meaning of the name is, any name that starts with M-A-R is Mars, which is war, warrior. So I'm a warrior, Mars, Marty, and Miller is a grain grinder. So I'm a warrior grain grinder. And I thought to myself, how strange is that, you know? <laughs> but immediately my mind went to the Bible character that was a warrior grain grinder. And who's that? Gideon. Gideon. And so Gideon, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, you mighty man of valor. And he's hiding out grinding. I was thinking how much of a warrior, he was not a warrior no. grain grinder at that moment. No, he was, he was very uh, scared, basically. He was living in fear and in and, and isolation. And God calls him up. And so the first thing that he asked him to do after he did the fleece thing, we know the story, but the first thing he did was he went to the grove of trees where the altar of Baal was, and he took down those idols. And at all night of, when nobody could see. Yes, at night. When nobody, but here's the key thing, is that all of the idolatry of the day, it was always laced with sexual immorality. And so I believe that that is the lesson for me and every other man is that if he is going to use you as a mighty man, as a warrior, you're going to have to deal with your stuff. And it's not a matter of, you know, if you're going to, it's when. And it's, it's better now than later because I've had so many men in this office that have marriages that have been destroyed because of this. And so when I, when I have unpacked the name Gideon, it's fascinating to know that his name actually means hewer and destroyer and woodsman. And the axes to me are a reminder that every man needs to destroy whatever altar, excuse me, idol is in his life. And without doing that, he's not going to be effective. And so that was my story about saying, I'm taking ownership of this and I'm transitioning from being a grain grinder, which is somebody that's, uh, you know, teaching words. Basically, you think about words like grain, like seed and grinding it up. And I'm giving to my students and saying, here's the, go do something with this. But he says, no, in your later years, you're going to be a warrior. And so that's been a really huge transition, but it's a, I, I, I can't say enough for those of us that are older, it's like, it's not time to lay down and just fade into the sunset. It's time to take up your sword. We've got to go into the promised land. And just like the Israelites of old, they, they fell into sexual sin at the front end and at the back end. The enemy's after this church with every, every man and woman. 
and we can't take it lightly. And there's a lot of viewers that, you know, they're not in your classes, they're not in your men's group. Right. What would you say to them? How does it actually work? Give us some, if you would, give us some really solid basics for the, the folks out there to grab right. onto. Well, most most men, from what I understand, what I've not understand, what I've observed over and over in my own life, is that guys go from a um, experience in life where they're with a bunch of friends and going through school, they get married to the love of their life, many of them, they have a family, the career crush is going on, and whatever issues are in the background, because now they're in isolation, start blowing up, whether it's alcohol, sex, you name it, you pick your flavor, whatever's there is gonna blow up on them. And so most of the time, every, almost every man I know that gets into a, a, a deep, rock solid relationship with God has had to come to the end of themselves. They have to come to a point of brokenness to really understand the love of God. Because as long as you play the game that I'm, 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 I'm doing good and, 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 and I'm fine and just putting masks up, God will never get through. I've never seen, I want you to keep going on that yeah. trail. I just want to say, I've never seen the devil give us something that actually is good for any length of time. No, 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 it always comes back to bite you. In a big time. Yeah. I've seen so many, so many God destroys the family, right. destroys the church, destroys everything. Right. Their whole life. Whether it's gambling, drinking, pornography, it's always a lot of fun at the beginning. Yeah, you know, it, in some ways you can't drink everywhere, you know, but pornography, you can hide it everywhere. Yeah. You know, and that's easy. And what I'll say to women sometimes that are trying to understand their husband is that, um, you know, if you, you like chocolate, right? And most women. Oh, you know, boy, he has me picked. Got you, <laughs> I like that. And what, what if you had chocolate in your purse, on your nightstand, in your glove box, everywhere was chocolate? You might have a snack once in a while. And I'm not making any excuses, but that's the kind of world most men are facing in today's world. Well, that's what I meant about it's harder nowadays than it was for my father or certainly oh, yeah. my grandfather. Absolutely. Because you are surrounded with the temptation. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I really uh, just kind of wrapping things up is to just say that, uh, you know, I, I know that back to the small group experience, this is many men, how they come is, is th this is an ax head. I found this in the woods. It's pretty rusty. Very rusty, <laughs> very dull. It has no handle. And, and yet this has the potential of being restored, doesn't it? I can take this, I can polish it up, I can sharpen it, I can put a handle on it and it will be just as good as ever, right? And that's what God wants to do to every one of our lives. But we cannot have that happen in isolation. God created us to be in community. And you look at the nature in the animal kingdom, males alone, most men alone. Even the guys that might go golfing together and do things together, shallow, shallow relationships. We need honest conversations. We need allies that are fighting the same battle with us in a small group where we're real, where hard questions are being asked. But one of the first questions I ask guys is, if it's iron sharpens iron, you don't add anything until you've removed. So if I'm gonna to wanna to sharpen this blade, 
It's all about, I got to get rid of the dull. And so God's design is that he wants to remove the dull, all of the stuff that's sticking to us, making us ineffective. I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life. In 12 weeks, I caught my breath, my faith grew stronger, my confusion turned to clarity, my anxiety lessened, my depression eased. I let myself be held in the arms of Jesus and he calmed my aching heart. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as he did mine. Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. I used to be a drug dealer, an alcoholic, and a thief, along with far too many other things to mention. You know, I kidded myself that I was great, life was great, but knowing there was a massive void in my life. I'd like to offer you a pamphlet called Breaking Addictions. You know, addictions come in all types, shapes, and sizes, but you don't need to be chained to them any longer. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and order your free copy today. Request offer 101, Breaking Addictions. Remember, it's completely free. Marty, we've only got a, a minute or so yep. left, but we started out in the man cave, and yep. I don't want to leave that because we said we'd explain yep. it. Yeah. Well, one of the first times that I had a, a young men's group was actually in my garage up there. We, we sat in, in, you know, camp chairs, and uh, we went through 12 weeks of um, two hours every uh, once a week in the evening. What made you pick the garage rather, rather than the living room with comfy couches? Well, it's just I, I felt led to be in that environment. I think guys get that. It's a place where... They're more comfortable? It represents what's really going on. Uh, we did a retreat a few years ago. We called it Broken Beauty. It's because God is all about taking brokenness and making it into something beautiful. In fact, better than what it would have been. If you've ever seen a car that's been restored better than new, uh -huh. that's what he wants to do with us. You came up, I asked you for a title for this episode, and you came up with a title that I thought was brilliant. Would you tell us what that title was as we wrap? Yeah, well, it's just uh, the end of myself. And, and, I, and I really believe, and I've already alluded to this, that God and his love for us, he allows us freedom to do as we choose. But in the end, we discover that all the freedom in the world without him leads to destruction and you come to the end of yourself. You're able to face yourself in a way that you wouldn't if you were kept on a short leash and controlled. And so men to come to the end of themselves is actually the beginning of coming to know God. And the coming of happiness too. Yes. Yeah. Marty, yes. thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks for allowing me in the man cave. Yeah.
Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.